0: Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast. We have an episode, our second episode of Getting to Know. And in this opportunity, we're going to get to know Jamie Chadwick. Some of you may already know her. She is a mighty fine driver of motor racing vehicles, inaugural champion, the W Series. Jamie will be back defending her title here once the W Series season gets going. And she's also in very high demand elsewhere. Veloce Racing, she'll be part of the inaugural Extreme E season, the all electric off road series. And she has a newly expanded role within the Williams Formula One team. So, when it comes to young women in the sport, we're demonstrating massive talent and that talent being recognized and appropriately rewarded with opportunities Ms. Chadwick's doing some pretty awesome stuff so just wanted to get to know her a little bit spent 25 or so minutes on the phone getting into her family her upbringing the sport in general and how she is truly finding her own way and inspiring a lot of young women who want to follow in her footsteps at the same time so let's get to know Jamie Chadwick all brought to you by Cooper Tires the Justice Brothers and torontomotorsports.com Jamie, been so enthused to see your talent continue to rise and achieve. We aren't fortunate enough to get you over here in the United States yet, Uh, and I'm hoping that a smart IndyCar team, IMSA team, who knows what kind of team, gives you a ring and says, you know, why don't you come do some full-time racing here in the U.S.? But since we do have a lot of folks that are, are very, very excited about what you've achieved so far in the w series got a new opportunity in the extreme e series that's coming i figure you know why don't we uh, sit down and try and share your story with those who are wanting to know more about you so why don't we start there what kind of house and home were you raised in was it filled with nigel mansell posters and and whatever else <laughs> celebrating the greats of uh, British motorsport uh, when you were young?
1: Um, not massively the case at all. Um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't from a motor racing background. Uh, you know, my dad and my mom, um they would watch the F1 at the weekend. But I think that's kind of as far as their sort of interest in sort of motorsport and Formula One went. I think for both my brother and I, um, it was actually my brother who started, um, you know, a few years prior to me in go-karting. Um, It was a complete sort of coincidence, or by accident almost, that we fell into the sport. We grew up in the Isle of Man, uh, which obviously sort of inspires some sort of petrol head uh, or petrol heads in us. But it wasn't until much later on that we both sort of took to karting. I was 12 years old, my brother was 14, and yeah, it kind of just went from there. Really, Um, I think from a really young age, both my parents had always sort of let us do whatever we wanted to do, and I think both my brother and I were naturally quite sporty. Always wanted to be outside doing different sports and had some sort of adrenaline uh, junkie in us as well with the sports that we ended up picking but it wasn't until motorsport came along that I guess for me especially it was something that I really really wanted to pursue and get fully involved with. Tell me
0: if you would Jamie about athletics it's at least as I've seen not uncommon for a young driver even just getting into the karting stage to have some sort of athletic interests that either coincide or lead to uh, getting onto two or four wheels. Was that anything similar for you growing up?
1: Yeah, massively. Um, You know, I came from a bit more of a sporting background. Uh, Like I said, I wasn't, yeah, from a motorsport family or anything like that. But definitely, um, it was natural to play a lot of sport. And whatever sport it was, you know, I wanted to do it growing up, I found it quite difficult to specialize in one thing I wanted to keep playing different sports and I was quite fortunate um you know growing up I was able to experience quite a few different sports and I think the sort of hand-eye coordination and the body feel and awareness that that gave me um really really helped when I ended up jumping into cars so yeah it's no surprise that a lot of drivers come from some sort of athletic or sporting background because for sure the crossover or the transition into something like motorsport albeit a very very different sport uh does seem a little
0: bit more natural. So that's that's the aspect to your career Jamie that has stood out to me at least in my observance from afar and that is natural talent and this isn't meant to just voice compliments your way for for no particular reason but <laughs> in though in mutual friends that we have and just again watching uh, from across the pond natural talent does seem to be an innate thing that you bring to your career as a race car driver. you share any insights on when you, well, A, hopefully you tell me I'm correct, and if not, then boy, my, my radar is totally off. But <laughs> is that something you felt or observed within yourself? Because I know a lot of the world's greatest race car drivers who are natural talents, it's not always something that stands out to them because it's completely normal, but I'm curious if that ever registered with
1: you. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a factor. I think where it was more of a factor was, When I first started, um, I think in any sport that I did, um, I always had this potentially slightly bad attitude towards that if I wasn't good at it at the first go, whether it was the first time I picked up a tennis racket, if I wasn't good at it, then I was the kind of person that would quite quickly turn my back on it and find Uh something that I was better at. And uh, yeah, I seemed to really relish doing things that, you know, I seemed to pick up quickly. So definitely motorsport was something that, you know, when I first got in a go-kart, I was able to you know make quite big steps in the day and i was really happy with you know how i was able to you know perform that that kind of confidence did of course give me you know a big boost early on but i think with regards to natural talent of course it's important in every sport but i think the hard work and the sort of uh, you know intensity that goes around um you know everything that was required to make it in the sport is what will make the difference in the end. I think a lot of drivers are naturally talented, but you've got to complement it well with, uh, yeah, the work that, that goes into it.
0: Another thing that I appreciate about your ascension in the sport, Jamie, is karting is normally the the foundation, especially for those with open wheel aspirations. And mid-teens, sometimes later teens, will see that jump to junior open wheel. You which again, I love, we're talking about GT cars, touring car type stuff, but also when you're like three years old, I mean, I'm exaggerating, but you're so young getting into car racing and did this more through, you know, tin top, a roof over your head and developing on the British scene. I don't know how many drivers as young as you were would ably handle that kind of transition Share with us what that was like, because it is very, very unique.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a very different sort of career path I took. Um, I think, like I said earlier, you know, not being from a racing background um, could be seen as maybe a detrimental factor in my kind of sort of startup in motorsport. But actually, I see it as a massive positive because I had to take the own, my own paths. It was never a given that I was going to get involved in motorsport. It was never given that that was the career I was going to choose. So whichever um, you know route I took it was all kind of just there and then in the moment and what I felt best with sort of the limited knowledge that I had and the sort of small team of people that were advising me at the time so yeah I mean I was racing in go-karts between the ages of 12 and 14 and it kind of looked that you know if I wanted to make the step up in in karting it was gonna you know be quite a big step to go into sort of the British Championships or the World Championships and I didn't really want to have to do that at the age of 14. And I saw this opportunity uh, in the Geneta Junior Championship with a scholarship they had available. And I thought that was the perfect sort of answer to, you know, what I was looking for at that point in my career. So that's where I then ended up going down towards Did two years, obviously, uh, in cars. And then after that, the more natural progression for most of the drivers would be to go into single seaters. And again, I just didn't see the opportunities being available to me to go off and do um, F4 or F3 or whatever it was going to be so I um, took a very very unconventional route to go into sports car straight away um, sort of with some advice from people close around me but mainly because that's where the opportunity was and I think um, for me as a young driver it was just about learning and taking every opportunity I could and sort of not turning my back on anything and like I said I, I never it was never a given to be to be a racing driver so all these kind of opportunities and these doors that were opening just seemed as sort of, you know, Christmas every day. So I kind of just went uh, with those opportunities and yeah, fortunately I managed to, to make those work at that time.
0: I know that the British national racing scene is not as well known as obviously had you joined a FI world endurance championship or something like that, but folks might not understand that if we're talking British GT, even the, uh, the genetic championship you mentioned, these are not easy places to learn and hone your craft and to try and establish yourself as a formidable talent. You Share some insights there because I believe that you had a pretty amazing foundation developed uh, on, in this sports car opening to your career that's probably served you well in everything you've driven since.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the UK really is uh, one of the best places to be growing up as a racing driver. I think the quality of talent in the UK is incredible, and obviously, what you know we can provide in terms of you know motorsports of bases is exactly what I needed when I was getting into the sport. I think, yeah, if you look at the people that come to the UK to race, the tracks that we have, I think it was uh, a very lucky environment that I ended up being in. And yeah, the Ginetta Junior Championship, for example, was. Super, super competitive in both years that I raced in. So, having come out of relatively uncompetitive karting, uh, only doing a couple of years at sort of club level, to then go into that kind of you know national championship that had guys coming from all of the world to race in, and had sort of the likes of Lando Norris racing in, that it just meant that you know I was really forced to to step up and sort of level up, so to speak, to to be competitive with them. So it was natural to do that, but it was definitely the best environment to be in. And same in the British GT Championship, the quality of um, you know teams and drivers that are involved in it um, meant that I got the opportunity to develop probably much faster than I would have done if I was you know elsewhere in the world.
0: So what is the process like for you, Jamie? I don't know if it involves parents or managers or whomever, but you reached a stage in your Young career development, where a pivot point arrived, what do we do? Where do we go? Where's your dream? How did the move towards open wheel come to be, and how did you decide on that uh again, was this a, a group thing, or were you dead set on that from the beginning?
1: No, I would actually argue it was definitely a group thing um. I always actually had my heart set on uh, staying in sports cars. It felt like quite a comfortable position to be in. Um, I'd sort of done a couple of years of foundation work and the groundwork in sports car racing. I kind of felt like I'd done a good job um, in the first couple of years and I could just progressively build on that year on year and find myself in quite a nice, comfortable position. But a lot of people around me, um, you know, advised me that it would be necessary for me to make some sort of step to single seaters at some point in my career if I was going to fully progress. And yeah, I think from my perspective, it felt um, when I sort of learned a bit more about the process, it felt like that would make sense as well. It was one of those decisions that, yeah, it didn't seem logical at the time to go from, like I said, a comfortable position in sports car racing over to slightly more exposed environment in something like British F3. But I think the amount of racecraft that you're able to learn in a single seat or a high downforce car, the amount you can learn, obviously, with the emphasis on the driver as opposed to the emphasis on the team in sports car racing. Um, I think it was important, even if I ended up going back to sports car racing, it was important that I really got to develop my craft and learn that um, in single seaters. So there were quite a few factors. And obviously, the Formula One sort of thing kept popping up. And did I want to be in Formula One? Did uh, I feel like uh, I could make it to Formula One? And you know, if I continued in sports cars, I just never would have had that opportunity or that door to be open. So it kind of opened a door that, you know, was never there originally. And I think, uh, yeah, now, sort of four years on, uh, I'm still racing in single-seaters and able to pursue that dream as well.
0: So if we work backwards a little bit, Jamie, we see your success in the inaugural season of the W Series. I don't know if it was a huge question mark that you would be among the one or two, maybe three uh drivers vying for that title. But what I what I love and I'd love to explore a little bit as well is it's not like you came to the W series with three years of British Formula Three experience or X amount of years in GP three or GP two or something else. You pretty interesting One year here, I'm going to do kind of one year over there a little bit. There is not a big, big uh, multi-season effort for you in any one series to then step into the W series as someone who's just raging and ready to go and every box has been ticked in your development. I love the idea that you do have not only a year of British F3, but you've got some other open wheel educational opportunities that are maybe a little bit different than quote the established path of someone maybe trying to get to formula one. Tell me about getting to some of those, uh, call it alternate championships that maybe didn't jump out as the immediate pathway. Cause I'm guessing you picked up some pretty important things there too.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, um, yeah, there was no, um, yeah, obvious pathway in my career. It wasn't, Like day one, we set out a 10-year plan and we knew exactly where I wanted to be. So at the end of every year, it was always, okay. what are we going to do next year? And that went on up until um, 2018, actually. And I finished, um, you know, British F3. I felt like single-seaters probably wasn't, there wasn't an opportunity to continue in single-seaters, given the budget to to progress uh, much further. But I was given an opportunity to race out in the Middle East. Um, as sort of one last, what felt like one last opportunity to see where I could benchmark myself against, um, you know, some of the best single-seater drivers, um, you know, over in the Middle East and other drivers coming from Europe. And it felt like, you know, if there was an opportunity, then give myself the best shot for 2019. So give myself all the winter preparation that I need by going out and racing over the winter, and give myself as much racing as I can get because I just felt like I lacked. You know, race miles in single seaters. So, I went out to uh, Middle East, uh, raced in the MRF Championship, managed to win the MRF Championship. That then sort of set about this whole sort of other sort of avenue as to what we could then go on to do in 2019, which seemed perfect timing within the W Series um, announcing that that was gonna gonna be uh, an option. And I think to go into the W Series off the back of winning a single seater championship like that, and off the back of relatively uh, recent British F3 experience it it seemed like a no-brainer that that was the best place I could be to um yeah shoot for the title
0: so with this evolution of yours Jamie and the nomination to be part of the inaugural W Series season what's your mindset there what are you coming into this opportunity uh either thinking or hoping for I know that we see the result. <laughs> you kicked a lot of ass, but I'm curious what you were hoping to get out of it and if and what was achieved or met in terms of those goals you might have set out for yourself beforehand.
1: Um, to be honest, I think entering the W series, um, you know, I saw it as a huge opportunity. It went on to be a much bigger opportunity than I could have ever anticipated, but yeah, the goal from the outset was to try and be the first champion. Um, and yeah, I knew that that was a really important statement to make. And I felt obviously, like I said, um, coming from, you know, the recent experience that I had and, you know, the championships that I'd literally just raced in uh, prior to the build up of the series, it it felt like it was no better time for me to, to enter that and try and become champion. It wasn't an easy championship to win, but still, um, yeah, I think I had... All the balls, um, you know, played into my side of the court. And I just felt like I was, yeah, no, no better placement for, for winning the first season of the W Series.
0: So then this pretty cool thing happens where you become the pride and joy of the W Series. <laughs> Obviously, the second season in terms of it being a smooth flow into that second year didn't happen. As we know, due to COVID, second uh, season will be taking place here shortly Let's stay a little bit and visit with the impact of your not only race wins, but your crowning as the first W Series champion. What has that done for you reputationally? Uh, I guess career momentum wise. I know I'm asking a bit of a, a daft question because obviously you've had more opportunities come your way, but we do see every year, a variety of folks win a variety of racing championships. It doesn't necessarily lead to anything more or bigger or different. Curious how this landed with you, and then possibly opened up uh, more of the racing world to you.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, for sure, I'm a good case study for someone that it's been, uh, you know, a huge, huge leg up for. I think the the season as a whole, going into it, I couldn't have anticipated it to have, you know, generated, um, you know, the exposure and the sort of interest that it ended up giving me. And obviously, I was fortunate enough to win the first race and obviously go on to win the championship. So I was given the best opportunity um, of all of us. But I think out of all the drivers, we were all given, um, you know, a huge amount more um, recognition as a result of the series. I think the interest in it was far greater than I could have ever anticipated, like I said, so, yeah, I mean, quite quickly off the back of the first race, which Claire Williams actually attended, um, I was able to secure a seat uh, a role within Williams as a development driver, and yeah, really kind of establish myself as someone within the industry that, you know, had the intent to to pursue Formula One as a dream. And I think just having that sort of opportunity to do that has really given me, um, you know, huge momentum. And of course, the main thing above and beyond anything is to get the results and to perform and prove to people that, you know, I'm worthy of it, but at the same time to, to get that extra support and momentum from, from W series has made a huge difference.
0: By sheer coincidence. I finished off one call just before ringing you with an old friend, the awesome Simona di Silvestro, who was oh, just so announced yeah. as uh, the first driver for another pal, Beth Perretta. Uh, with the Prada Autosport Indy 500 entry. This is a de facto fifth Team Penske car, which is a dream uh, opportunity for anyone to have. Simona's been in that space of one of the world's, you know, most recognized and appreciated uh, women racers. What has this been like for you, Jamie? Has it been similar to Simona, where Simona's always said, look, you know the the kind of well-used adage of the car doesn't know the gender of who's driving I'm a racer first and foremost what has this victory in this inaugural W series season done for you or maybe moved you up uh, in terms of recognition for being an inspiration for other young women who want to be the next Jamie Chadwick or engineer or be a mechanic or a team owner has this bigger spotlight been something you've enjoyed or embraced? I'm, I'm curious because not everybody likes that secondary pressure when the first thing you're trying to do is to be the best race car driver possible.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think first and foremost, um, it's so good cool to see, uh, Simona get that seat. I think she yeah, is, uh, someone that deserves that opportunity and I think can do a really, really good job with it. So yeah, I'm really excited to see how she gets on this year and, yeah, it's cool to see a fifth Penske car running Simona. So yeah, super cool. But yeah, from my perspective, I think, of course, yeah, there's added pressure with the, you know, spotlight now being uh, a little bit more focused on me. And I think, um, you know, that obviously has has its pros and cons. I think naturally I've got to argue it's, um, you know, a much uh, much bigger positive than negative. I think um, it does mean that I end up doing some of my learning in the spotlight um, as opposed to, you know, a lot of other junior drivers at this sort of level um, are able to learn their craft relatively unknown and kind of make their mistakes behind closed doors. I've got sort of a little bit more emphasis on me whilst whilst I do that, but you know, I sort of take the opportunity with both hands and I see it as a real big um, and a real big and honourable responsibility that I have. So, yeah, I think it's no bad thing, and yeah, I'm just looking forward to what's come.
0: Why don't we close, Jamie, in talking about the future? I guess the present technically, but things that are going to happen this coming year for you in terms of where you are racing and who you are racing with also add in one of the biggest pieces of news that I saw coming out of 2020. And that is the W series being attached to having all of its rounds at formula one events. Basically it seems like things are moving in a really wonderful direction Lot many of us have been hoping for for decades, and the best one of the best parts I would say as well. It sure looks like you're going to be busy <laughs> and <laughs> spending yeah. a lot of ta- time on airplanes because you are in uh, I would say high demand, which is maybe the perfect example of what uh, the good folks of the W series were hoping uh, hoping to make happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think being a busy racing driver is the best possible scenario. So I definitely can't complain about that. And yeah, I mean, there's absolutely no substitute for seat time and, um, you know, being in the car as often as you can, whatever car that is. So yeah, it's super exciting year. Obviously, Extreme e is going to be, um, you know, a big uh, difference in my, my season. It's nothing like I've done before. So yeah, that's something I'm really excited about um, being a part of this year. Um, obviously, the championship is off-road electric SUVs, which is cool in itself, but also has quite big morals with, um, you know, trying to raise awareness for climate change and also gender equality. So super cool championship there. Obviously W Series again, uh, which is now, like you said, eight venues on the Formula One calendar. So a big step up for them in terms of, um, you know, the commitment they're putting in, but also for us as drivers, the opportunity that's available. And yeah, I mean, I'd like to actually add in something, another program alongside that, uh, still in single-seaters, but really giving me even more opportunity to sort of pursue that road to Formula One and develop as much as I can to to hopefully, um, you know, make the steps I need to, to, to continue chasing that Formula One dream.
0: I do know that W Series CEO, Catherine bond has been speaking with the NTT IndyCar series about creating some opportunities in the States. So I will keep sending oh, cool. those daily emails saying, Jamie, 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 Jamie to get <laughs> you over here. Cause I'm telling you, I, I mean, w- I'd
1: love to, I would love to, I think, um, yeah, the States is something that, no, I've had experience being out there. I went. I mean, I'm sure I told you this before. I've been out to um, the Indy 500 um, a couple of years ago, and it was honestly the best experience or motorsport experience I've ever had. So it's definitely something that's on my radar um, at the moment. Um, you know, it's full on with the commitment that I have over here in Europe. But ultimately, um, yeah, I see the states as a big opportunity in the future, and I think it's great to see someone like Simone get these opportunities as well because. Yeah, it's uh, really, really cool to see the sort of shift in movement now.
0: Last item, how do we book you with your fully charged Extreme E off-road vehicle with a blazing lap of the Isle of Man? That just sounds like the craziest thing that has to happen and you're the perfect person for it.
1: That's something I've actually never thought about and that's uh I would love to do that. That's uh super, super cool. Obviously the Island Man um rally actually used to go right past where I used to live there. So yeah, something that I i um, am now gonna steal that idea yes. and um take it with me to to try and maybe get it to actually come to something. I'm sure I'm sure there'll be some cool press stuff around the extreme E stuff. The car is so cool and the opportunities that or the places we're going to, um are super cool. So I'm sure um, there'll be some cool stuff on the cars at some point.
0: I love it. Jamie, thanks for taking <laughs> some time. Really do appreciate uh, your generosity with that time. And also just appreciate you as a badass race car driver doing big things. So I know uh, we're going to keep watching with great interest.
1: I really appreciate it.
0: Cheers. Thanks again to Jamie for spending some time with us. Hope to do a catch up with her, maybe mid season, find out how all of her fairly busy activities in the sport are going if you haven't checked out our podcast before you might pay a visit to com. more than a thousand episodes there variety of categories plus a little subscribe page you might visit if you want to keep up with all that we do thanks once again to cooper tires the justice brothers and toronto motorsports.com and thank you for listening